All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you! This is my boomstick! What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel Devana. And I'm David Uyoa, and we're here today with, um, I always like to think of these episodes as special, because Evil Dead is something special for me, uh, as I think great. it is for a lot of people. Um, and it's not very often, because we're only on Evil Dead 5 here, that we get a new Evil Dead movie. Right. And although this one is not directed by Sam Raimi, neither is the one we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, and yet I'm okay with that. So, uh, as you can tell, we are here to talk about the 2013 reboot, requel, remake, reimagining, uh, the re-everything of Evil Dead 2013, the Fede Alvarez one. Um, so, um, and it is, and, and I see a lot of people on, on YouTube call him Fede, all right? It's not Fetty, all right? Not like a Fetty Wap, all right? It is Fede, <laughs> short for Federico, all right? He's from Uruguay. So uh, let's do better, YouTube, all right? Um, so in- Sounds like uh, woke leftists talk to me. <laughs> yeah, well, um, did you hear that Disney uh, sued uh, Governor DeSantis today? Yes, yes, I uh, did. <laughs> like full circle moment where it's like, you know, ah, you fuck with us, uh, and, and you don't support our party. And now now we're going to we're, we're going to fuck with you. And then Disney's like, yeah, but no. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't even care if Disney wins as long as DeSantis loses. Just as long as DeSantis <laughs> loses. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing is like, I, I don't know that anyone really thinks about this, but like if you piss off Disney enough, like they're not tied to Florida. Like, they right. Pack them and go. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, youth they, fairs they... do this every single month. Yeah, they can pack that shit up and go somewhere else. What is Florida without Disney World? Yeah, I, there, there, there is plenty of land in West Texas where they can rebuild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking Wyoming, dude. <laughs> it's like come, come see Old Faithful and uh, Space Mountain. You know, we 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 got your geysers here. Um, anyway. Uh, we are talking about Evil Dead 2013. So in a section that we're calling Kunda Estrata Montose Kanda, which is for those of us who are not super fans of Evil Dead. I've only ever met super fans of Evil Dead or right. people who have never seen Evil Dead. Correct. There's no in between. Um, right. These are the incantations that open up the Book of the Dead. That has everything and just all hell breaks loose. So I figured that's how we'd start this off with our overview. Right. So, um, Daniel, you hadn't seen this this version. Correct. Evil Dead before this week. What were your thoughts? Uh, I can sum up my thoughts in two words. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was I was not ready for this. I did not know. I, let me not say I didn't know what to expect. I expected 
Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. uh, it's Army of Darkness, Ash versus Evil Dead, right? That's what I thought I was going to be getting out of this. And what I got was a steroid-ridden just hell ride of a yeah. movie. Um, that being said, it was dope. I uh, mm-hmm. I absolutely, I really liked this. This is the type of movie that stylistically talks to the 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 modern horror fan in me i i had nothing against evil dead i just, i always remember we had seth on for that episode and when, when we got to rating he was like it's a five in my heart but i honestly <laughs> have to know it's like a three three and a half right this and this is and that's the type of attachment that people have to evil dead so I didn't expect such a drastic departure mm-hmm. um, in in just everything. Levels of violence, the way it's shot, just all of these things that we're going to get into were so not Evil Dead. This movie is not campy. There is At all. no camp in this movie. This is hardcore. This is absolutely a an Evil Dead movie that was made in 2013. I mean, like there, this movie, there is nothing in it that places it in time, but you watch this movie and you know, if you watch as many horror movies as we do, you know about when this came out. This was that time when we were making that transition from the, the, the Gorno splatter fest of the early 2000s that we got with Hostel and we were getting into cerebral horror that we're deep into now. And this movie acts as this amazing bridge between those two things because this is gory and this is violent but it also fucks with you this movie messes with your head when i watch this i can perfectly see that it is its own thing but i can also very plainly see where bruce campbell and sam raimi had their hands on this like mm-hmm. just enough there there's just touches of those things that remind you yes yes this is this is new this is its own thing but it's still evil dead i absolutely understand why they gave this their blessing why they're out there telling people they should watch this i enjoyed the hell out of this movie to take basically just the same basic concept, group of friends together in the cabin, boom, all hell breaks loose. And quite literally. And so, and then and then they just kind of ran with it from there. And I I I liked it a lot. This felt very true to the original while standing on its own two feet. And that was super impressive when you're following up something that has such a following and such a legacy to carry that name and to do it proudly and and to do it justice that was impressive i you know your uh your thoughts mimic my own i'm a huge fan of the evil dead um ask me on any given day and my favorite horror franchise changes um most days i'll probably tell you friday the 13th some days i'll tell you it's return of the living dead some days i'll tell you it's evil dead and what i love about this movie is that Fede Arvarez has a deep love for Evil Dead. And because of that, he didn't make an Evil Dead clone. Right. He made his version of Evil Dead. And um, although I think Sam Raimi, if given the choice, would make Evil Dead in the same spirit as he made the original, he was forced to make a campy B-movie because of his budget. 
Right. When you aren't beholden to this shoestring budget, you can afford to make a serious straight ahead gore fest, which is what we have here. And the thing about this movie is that while you're right in that it does look like a movie from the the mid 2010s right um to me visually this is very similar to the um the 2009 texas chainsaw massacre it's very it's very similar to the um uh my bloody valentine you know it's got that look to it and i think it's because of the quality of the cameras that you're using uh it's going to give you a very similar look right it's the reason why movies that are made in the 70s look like they were made in the 70s and it's because of film stock it's because of lenses it's because of cameras like that's that's the way it happens right but the way this movie feels it does the same thing that that texas chainsaw massacre from the aughts does it feels like a 70s grindhouse movie yeah and that's exactly what evil dead is right now even Dead comes out in 1981 but they filmed this thing a year before and it was worked on throughout the 70s so that really is what Evil Dead is. It's in the same vein as like The Hills Have Eyes. It's dark, it's gritty, but because you can't make it serious because of your budget, right? You go you you go for humor. And and I think that that's something that Evil Dead has always done well is that balance of humor and and violence. And it works because of guys like Bruce Campbell. But when you have a whole new cast and you're not beholden to a shoestring budget, Make the Evil Dead movie that scares us. Yeah. Because that first Evil Dead movie is really fucking scary. It is. You know, aside from all the, you know, the the jokes that are in there. And I think that the funniest joke in any horror movie is in that first Evil Dead movie. The, you know, we can't bury Linda. She's our friend. (laughs) Fucking makes me laugh every time. I love it. There's nothing of that here. There's no joke. Not one joke. No, um, it is all just deadly serious. And, and I think that to layer the the story aspect of like this is an intervention and we're here for a drug addict. And this is a and, and you can read this as a movie that is about addiction and what withdrawal does to someone and what that feels like. I think that's brilliant because yeah. if you want to, you can look at this as elevated horror. And if you want to, you can just look at this as a grindhouse movie. It's it, it's kind of brilliant in that way, and 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 I think that what was done here is exactly what needed to be done for this movie. I haven't seen Evil Dead uh, Rises, right? That's Rise, the yeah. Evil Dead Rise. I haven't seen that one. Um, I really want to see it. I will see it soon, and I don't know the tone that that one takes. But I can tell you that for this movie, this is the exact tone that this movie needed. Yeah, that that was exactly it. It it felt simultaneously like Evil Dead and like something new. Mm-hmm. And so something that is definitely of Evil Dead stock is the story that we're looking at here. So um, in our next section that we're calling Necronomicon Ex Mortis, uh, my Latin is terrible. In case anybody had a picture, your up pronunciation on that is fantastic. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Um, it's, and it's basically, it's just the way that I pronounce these things when I read them in my head, as I, you know, as I do things like read the lesser keys of Solomon, I'm like, these are real <laughs> words. I'll pronounce them how I pronounce them. So <laughs> as well, something that is definitely, you know, we, we, we said, is it a reboot? Is it a requel? Is it a reimagining? That's what they call it on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. 
But one thing that is for sure is this is a movie about a group of friends that get together in a cabin in the woods, right? Like I said, I'm mm-hmm. in, in the top here. So, I mean, they only make a couple of changes from there. But as we look at the story of this film, does it work to tell an Evil Dead story? I think it does. Um, I, I was just talking about the layering in the story here. I think the addition of a reason to go to this cabin as opposed to just getting out. right? Yeah, and you don't huge. really need a reason to get to the cabin. You just need to get them to the cabin. right? And so it works if they're city kids that are going into uh, the countryside. That works because that's what people do, right? Um, but if you have another reason to be there and there's drama between the characters, now there's there's a new element that's added to this movie where the conflict isn't just between the deadites and those that are you know at the cabin. Now there's conflict between the people in the cabin itself, right? Yes. And so when you have characters like uh, David and uh, shit, what was the other guy? Mia. Name? Oh, the other guy. Um, yeah. Uh, David and Eric. Eric. David and Eric. That is fantastic because you start seeing that like there's more to this story. Right. And sometimes that confrontation is just as scary as anything else. Right. Telling that longtime friend that you're fucking over his bullshit and that you don't yeah. want to see him anymore. That is scary you know ending a relationship that's scary you know having to help a a a sibling with something really serious like this and having to be told like hey i got these problems but you fucking left me alone with a mom who was dying what the fuck do you think i'm gonna do yeah right that shit's scary so there's like all these layers to the horror that's going on here and i think that the story really works and it allows the characters to be real people and the whole reason why they're going there makes a hell of a lot more sense. She's a nurse. She can monitor her. She can administer, uh, you know, whatever drugs she needs to kind of like level her out and get her there. Right. Make sure she's hydrated, all that. Fantastic. It's to me, it makes sense and allows for the very simple story of we find book, we read book, book, fuck us up. Right. (laughs) It allows that to happen in a much more realistic way. That's what what the original outline said, actually. It's like, uh, yeah, Yeah. book, fuck us up. Okay. Yeah. Where where do we go from here? Chainsaw. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, and yet we hit a lot of those same story beats, you know, where, 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 uh, you know, it it ends up being the, the two guys at the end, you know, the sister is the one to get, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to get possessed in the first place. Um, but it allows us to play with the characters, you know, and we have the same relationship. You know, we have two friends, we have the girlfriends, and then we have the sister right? of, of the guy that we think is going to be the hero. And I love that it allows us to play with that because now we're not expecting anyone to behave like Ash. We're not expe- expecting anyone to behave like Linda. We're not expecting anyone uh, to behave like Scott. We have characters that are their own thing. And yes. so when you have a character like Mia that is simultaneously Ash from Evil Dead 1 and Ash from Evil Dead 2, but also manages to be, um, was it uh, uh, Cynthia? I can't remember his sister's name from the original movie. Oh, um, it, like that's it, it's incredible because now you can just tell the story that you want to tell. And it's a, it's a story that's really fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that. I loved the addition of the the addiction element 
because one, it immediately, especially like for me going into this, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, it's Evil Dead, right? It's, groovy, it's groovy, baby, right? Like that's <laughs> that, that's what I'm expecting. And the first thing I get is a guy who sets his own daughter on fire and blows her head up. Yeah, and what a then, fucking opening, right? Oh, yeah, the, the, the one, we, we, we always have this little sidebar, the one text that I sent Dave as I was watching this last night it was five minutes in. Holy shit balls. That was it. That was, that was literally all I said to him as I just watched this. And then you were like, keep me updated. I was like, nope, I, I'm going to save all this. Cause this is something. <laughs> um, and so, but then, and so you, so you kind of go, okay, that was gruesome. Right. But, but that moment's over. So now the groovy movie starts. Then they're like, no, this shit is somber. Yeah. Watch this girl pour, I don't know, meth or whatever it is, you know, down this well and and make this vow that she's going to get clean this time. Mm-hmm. And and it just it perfectly sets that tone while also giving a reason why the first person who's aware of everything that's going on would be somebody that they wouldn't believe. Because, oh, she's going through withdrawal. Her senses are heightened. Of course, she smells something that stinks. Of course, she's hearing voices. That's, that's what right. withdrawal does. That's what DTs are. And so it gives you that extra little oomph that you need for the characters to not immediately buy in to one of them seeming like she's going insane. Yeah, she just and, wants to get out of here. Right. She's just She just wants out. And so I did love that. I think it was an excellent element to add. I loved some of the things that they did with this with this story that like you said are definitely the same key points mm-hmm. but then just then they just they just ratchet it up right they they take these things and it's like okay well now not only did we find this book but there's a pretty recent history surrounding what's going on in this book and it's not something that happened in a faraway desert you know, that, that was just brought here. It happened literally right here in the basement where we yeah. found all this stuff. And it, it just, it does everything it can to ground this movie in a way that people who were expecting Army of Darkness 2 or whatever mm-hmm. didn't come into this. Especially, you know, like I said, and I guess Ash versus the Evil Dead's after this, but that picked up more of the campy legacy yeah. of where the other left off. This grounded everything in all of the reality that you can ground a movie about a demon book and people becoming possessed in. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I loved a lot of those things that they did. I love the way that the story progressed at the same pace for as much as happens in this movie, it's 91 minutes long. That's tight, man. This movie is wall to wall action. This is the type of movie where if you look away to look at your phone or something else gets your attention for a second, you're going to miss something. It might Mm -hmm. be just a little miniature, like little foreshadowing. They did a great job. There's the the, the saying we always reference, if you show me a gun. But in this one, it was if you show me a nail gun in Act 1. But then they double down on it. It's like, okay, also, if you show me an electric knife in Act 1, like, I see what you're doing here. And if you show me a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah, like, they just never fucking stop. Yes, it was relentless. Because Mm -hmm. I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting there, I was like, "Uh aha, yeah, that nail gun will come back. That was a close-up on that. That's great. And then it's like, uh, you know, two, three minutes later, close up on the electric knife. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like 10 minutes later, it's like, oh shit, there's the chainsaw, but he leaves it alone, right? Just a yeah. little tease. But all that stuff, this movie's just relentless. And yet nothing about the story was lost in it. Mm-hmm. We always have that conversation about how important is the story. And this is a movie that for as minimalistic as the story is, 
It's all very important. This isn't a get me from point A to point B movie. This is a point A to point Z. And every letter that we tick on the way there is important. Yeah. And that was so great without ever just making us drown in exposition. Oh, okay. She's a nurse. Good. That explains why she's got that, that, that the medicines, right? Oh, okay. He went off to do his thing with school and his sister's resentful of that. And you know, their, their mom died a, a horrible, slow death. Just all of these things that evolved organically over the course of this movie told a beautiful story that like you said, if you strip away the deadites from this, you still have a good, scary movie. Scary yeah. for completely different reasons. But you have a movie that toes the line between drama and scary. Because, yeah, there's some dark shit that this brother and sister have to work out beside her addiction. There are issues that these friends have that don't center around her addiction. They built all these little capsules on the side of the main story, everyone important and everyone played in and you watch those relationships play out just beautifully. I was, mm -hmm. I was very, very, very happy with the way that this story progressed again, because when you look back at the older ones, they are just like, okay, they're in the woods and, and everything goes sideways. And then you can have some fun with it. And in 81, that's that's what that was the movie that we got. That was what we wanted. That's what we want now, what we expect of it. But mm -hmm. this one, we got a story with depth. And it with the exception of uh the girlfriend, you know, who who still kind of uh Natalie, um, mm -hmm. who still played a big role, she was the only character where I was just kind of like, Meh. you know, like I don't know much about her. She's here to fill a role. Everybody else in the short time that we were given with them was really wonderfully fleshed out. And I dug that. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> wow. I'm dying here. So one of the things that I really love about this story <clears throat> is that it's just called evil dead. Right. And we have five campers in a cabin in the woods and they're fighting off the deadites, right? That describes the original as much as this one. Right. There's certain things that you're going to expect that you never get. Yes. And then there's certain things that you're going to expect that you do get and you never get them the same way it was done in the first place. So like you're expecting because there's an entire series, right? There's a trilogy of films here. You're expecting chainsaw hand. Yep. All right. Uh, and uh, most people are not such nerds about evil dead that they know that that happens in part two right all they know is that and most people are aware of the evil dead and right? i you know and i would venture to say that when you say evil dead the picture that most people get in their head is that cover of army of darkness yeah oh yeah 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 in, in fact most people that i've spoken to have an idea that army of darkness is a prequel right and that's fine because technically it is chronologically it, does it takes before. place yeah. before everything else, but it's happening after the story that we've already seen. It's very strange, but it's definitely the kind of franchise where the awareness of the public is not necessarily the awareness that the nerdy fans are going to have. So you expect an arm to be chopped off, right? But you don't get it in the same way that you do in evil dead Two. Right. Mm. It's it's that electric knife. 
Right. Right. It's the carving knife. It's not the chainsaw. And they introduced the chainsaw be- well before that. So you're thinking, oh, fuck. Yeah. Someone's going to get their arm chopped off. No, no, that's not what's going to happen here. Right. And that- oh, he's, he's going to take the chainsaw to someone's face. No. In fact, it's not even going to be fucking David. It's going to be Mia. And it's going to yeah. be a chainsaw to the fucking abomination's face, which is one of the greatest fucking scenes that oh, there is man, there. So right. Good. And then when someone does finally like you see the chainsaw, her arm is trapped under the car. You're like, oh, here it is. We're getting that chainsaw arm. It's like, mm, no, she's going to use the chainsaw, but we're going to see her slowly rip her arm off. <sighs> and it, it ends up being way gorier than you ever thought it could possibly be. That right? Like this, this is the kind of shit where like you hear about movies like The Exorcist that made people throw up in theaters. And you're like, well, how could that possibly be? But you've seen The Exorcist like a gazillion times. Yeah. It's old hat now. This is something new. I mean, at this point, it's 10 years old. But when this came out, fuck, I mean, this was the kind of thing that people were talking about. Like, don't go see this movie. It's yeah. gross. Right. And that's the kind of movie I want to see. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm a it's... fucked up person. Oh, man, that hand getting taken off like that was I I got I got that same like weird twisted stomach that i got in the degloving scene in gerald's game oh like, yeah just, like so much effort put into showing what i honestly think it would look like if somebody ripped their hand off because it was trapped under a jeep mm-hmm. like I, I i not that i ever wanted to see that in real life but now that i definitely never need to because i'm pretty sure right. that's what it would look like um the other the other like uh, redo that I really loved how they did is we get that one scene in the original Evil Dead when she licks the Kandarian dagger, right? Yeah, we get that again here. There's no Kandarian dagger, but there is a knife. It's a fucking and, box cutter. Uh, yeah, the box cutter, <laughs> and she licks the box cu- box cutter, but she's not licking the flat side of the blade. Mm-hmm. She's literally splitting her tongue in half. This movie was constantly me wincing and being like oh fuck like getting in tight and being like why but why but loving every moment of it yeah i love that this is and is not evil dead 1981 yeah i i just i i like i said i um and now is the the broken down car they're sitting on in the beginning? Is that the same car? That from? is the same car. Okay. Yeah. And like I, I never went and looked it up, but I was like, I'm ninety percent sure that's the what it's like a Delta or something. It's like an that. old Oldsmobile Delta. An yeah. Oldsmobile Delta. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. I was like, I'm ninety percent sure that's the same car. And so again, you you see it there, and the, you know I even love the way they you know they had her had him try to leave, and oh the bridge is washed out, just right. just just all of that stuff that. It's so funny to see an uh, a, a movie like this made after um, Cabin in the Woods came out because mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods did so much to like lovingly skewer all of these things. And then to see somebody embrace those same things two years after Cabin in the Woods comes out and be like, yeah, sure, you made fun of them, but this shit makes for good movies. Like, right. there's there's a reason things become tropes because mm-hmm. they work. And so I really did love the idea of some of these things be like there there are just there are scenes from this where you go oh i i remember where they lampooned that in yeah cabin in the woods and it's and as a as a horror fan you've got to be able to sit back and enjoy those things and be and and just and again leaning in 
We, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, somebody made a movie where they were making fun of us for doing this type of stuff, but we're still going to do it. And and I did really love that. Yeah. I, I think it's okay to love classic Westerns like The Searchers, movies that lampoon that, like Blazing Saddles, and then movies that are revisionist, like Unforgiven. I think it's yeah. okay to take things seriously to take things jokingly and to do both. I think that's, I think that's fine. And I love that this movie does that. Um, The other thing that this movie kind of uh, redoes is the campers themselves. We still have five. Um, There's still a group of friends, mixture of friends and family, but that's pretty much where it ends. These are very, very different characters. So um, does any one of these characters or, you know, any of them, you know, you can pick more than one stand out, either good or bad as like, that's something I need to talk about right now for you. So look, I'm, I'm jumping on, I, I'm going to jump on this one and be like, Eric, Eric is a fucking G that <laughs> dude took it all, man. It was mm-hmm. so impressive Um, to, to was starting off. You could immediately tell um through through the acting i I just looked his name up uh lou taylor pucci is Mm -hmm. the guy's name his acting immediately kind of envelops you and what he's going to be because he's the first one who's not all in on this dude showing up right Uh, like david shows up he's like you know what kind of fuck this guy right like and so and so immediately like okay so this guy's like the dissenter let's see you know how this plays out but man like as a character it was he was just he was so cool he's the guy who finds mm-hmm. the book and he's and he's he's flipping through it he's the one who accidentally says the incantation and uh you know is doing the rubbings and he's just mesmerized by this book and then when when shit goes sideways he's the first one to be like y'all need to understand that this isn't going to play out like you think it is. We're not just dealing with an addict anymore. And at the time, still nobody's believing it. Mm -hmm. And so then as it continues to go, this dude gets his ass beat over and over and over again and does not stop. It was incredible. I mean, he this this is the guy who gets stabbed just below his eye and has to pull the needle out. Oh, what a scene! Oh, and I mean, he has to kill. We, you know, I, him and Olivia's relationship seemed like they were kind of boyfriend girlfriend. If mm-hmm. they specifically said it, I kind of missed out. But we have they to, didn't. But that it was implied, right. I think. And so you know, we have to watch the pain in this guy as he kills what's left of his girlfriend who at the time still looks like his girlfriend, but he's aware of the fact that he's defending himself. He takes nails from the nail gun and it just all over his body pins his hand to his chest with one takes a tire iron to the hand so hard that his hand just, Oh man, splits in the middle. And then you're finally like, Oh man, you know, this guy deserves the chance to die right now. Still sucks it up, gets down into the basement and takes out Mia with a tire iron before finally succumbing to all of these injuries. It was an impressive performance because he progressively got a little less sane as things just kept not going his way. 
And I mean, down to the fact that after they finally uh, blow up Natalie uh, with the shotgun and everything, and he's pulling the nails out, he reaches that point where he's just sitting there laughing, and that shit creeped me out. Yeah, he's just sitting he's there, just yeah, just full of nails, neat, like I said, needle in the everything that's happened to him, and he just starts laughing, and it's and it's not like maniacal laughter; it's that weird, weird laughter where you always get from a character who's just accepted that they've lost yeah, and, and that it's over and that, you know, it's, it's a, it's essentially the, the comedian's last stand, right? Life, mm-hmm. life is, life is one big joke. And you, you see him have that realization, but then still pulls it together, saves his friend. And then just outright tells him, man, I was pissed. I was mad that you left, that you didn't come back. And we still get in his final moments that amazing reconciliation scene between him and David. I was just beyond impressed with that guy. I loved the character of Eric so much. Uh, And I I like just every time. And he, I mean, he was just the punching bag for this movie, but it was, it was incredible. Um, It might be a cop out, but I fucking loved Mia. Yeah. Um, I think she gave an incredible performance because she manages to be protagonist and antagonist all at the same time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with the layer of addiction that they're working with in the story. Like she's her own worst enemy. And so, um, you know, she is everyone's enemy as they're trying to, to, to make her better. And she is just wanting to get well, you know? Uh, and, and that's, I think, how she approached her performance. I haven't heard her speak on that, but I kind of like that layer to the character that we get, but also that like steely resolve that happens, you know, once, once she's clear and she was like, wow, what the fuck? I got to live. I got to get out of here. And, and, and I, I've never been an addict, but I have been in points in my life where I've had to, say to myself like you know pick yourself up right and 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 move the fuck on if if you want to keep going because otherwise you're not and 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 that's exactly what what that was there and 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 I loved it and it was real and um what she does at the end of the movie for me is just absolutely like balls to the wall like it it's my hands down my favorite part of the movie Right. And, and my understanding, and I could be misremembering this, but until it chapter two was the most amount of blood used in a movie. Nice. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, because uh, there, there's obviously a red filter, you know, over over the, the stage lights. But also, like, this is not just water. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is fake blood that we're using. And you're being drenched in it. Um, so I, I, I loved that. I loved that she uh, she played her demonic self so, so well. To me, that was one of the things that this movie really did well is I love the fact that in the original Evil Dead um, and its sequels, it feels like there is a race of people that comes in and starts to possess you. You never know which Kandarian it is that's possessing you, but these are sick, you know, sadistic people that are coming in to, to possess you. 
Right. To me, this felt like it was possessed versions of the original characters. Yeah. Um, you know, because they were behaving in similar ways and they were, you know, there was like that struggle of like, I am still me, but I'm not. And I want to live, but I don't. And I loved that we got to see her go through that entire journey. And it wasn't like Cheryl. That's it. The uh, the original oh, sister. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like Cheryl, where Cheryl is a completely different person the entire time. We get glimpses of the Cheryl or uh, uh, of the Mia that we saw at the beginning of the movie. We get glimpses of the Mia that we see at the end of the movie throughout her possessed performance. Um, I, I I really enjoyed that. Uh, she was fantastic. Um, I yeah. I know I know that you're supposed to root for David at some point, but I think right. he fucking sucks. Um, have you seen Don't Breathe? You know I have not. Yeah, you know that's uh, that's Sam Remy and uh, Fede yeah. Alvarez getting back together, and mm-hmm. Jane Levy is the um is the 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 lead in that as well, uh, and okay. she also does an amazing job in that one, um, putting those three back together. But yeah, no Mia. The, the character of Mia, both Deadite version of Mia and an addict at the beginning and, and final girl at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. we really do get three different phases of her. And to watch one actress pull all of those off convincingly mm-hmm. was incredible. Like the, the Deadite Mia was fucking terrifying. Yeah. She was just like that when when she's when when uh, when Natalie is going to cut her arm off and and we, you get the you get the scene where she's just like poking no, her no, head no, up no 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 yeah, no no, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. and then she's just like shaking and 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 she's she's just kind of yelling so you're convinced that, that there's another one by the way we're talking about uh, subverting expectations Ash cuts off his hand he's still good and so mm-hmm. Nat cuts off her arm and you're like okay now she's gonna make it but it doesn't work out like that. So yeah. again, they, they took a situation where because we're in the know of what Evil Dead is all about, we think this is how you beat it. They flip that upside down. But that just that 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 look on her face, man, which and you can only see like if, if you're watching us live, I'm covering mm-hmm. everything but like my eyes and nose. You can only see that much of her head poking out through this little uh, this little basement door. And it was still just a great performance. But dude, the moment that I knew, I knew that that this deadite version of Mia was the absolute stuff of nightmares. Is when Nat when Nat gets pulled back down into the basement after she gets her to come down, and and then so, and then Natalie kind of freaks out. She tries to get up, broke top step, broken, falls back down. That scene where she's just like slowly creeping up her body—that's yeah. the box cutter scene and all that. Like that was like just every like I was this bizarre combination of tense muscles and goosebumps like the whole thing. It just it was that was a gutturally disturbing scene that wasn't anywhere near one of the goriest things that happened in that movie. But it became this weird moment of like gross intimacy. Yeah. That that you knew was going to play out horribly. And uh, Mia just she just destroyed that part. It was so, so good. And, you know, we were talking about people, uh, like I mentioned when I, when we were talking about the story, Natalie's kind of the, the one throwaway character in this. Mm-hmm. And so while she didn't have to do much to carry her weight there, the little bit of acting she did do was sold just, it. Yeah. She, she sold it. It's all she needed to do. 
she just she really just needed to be a warm body there mm-hmm. to watch Jane Levy just um absolutely put on one of the creepiest moments I've ever seen put on film. It was so fucking good. She was just unbelievable. And then the transformation into final girl, she's again, so many moments in this movie where it's just like, Oh God, I felt that the slow pullback of the machete across her thigh when she's yeah. like oh. pinched in there. And then to still like manage to break out. Like this was this was S tier final girl bullshit that she was having to deal with. And yeah. it was believable. It was, it, it never fell into that Mary Sue territory of mm. what, why can she suddenly do all of this? Because she is such a good actress that I felt the pain and determination that was pushing her through all of this. So yeah, 100% you're right. Mia stole this show. And, and to go back to the layers that they gave this character, the fact that the abomination that she fights is herself. Yeah. Like that's for, for an addict, like that's, that's the final boss. You Always. know, like you can, you can remove a dealer. You can remove, you know, uh, the, the temptation, but you can't remove yourself from the equation. And, and so I love that from start to finish, there was commitment to the story. It wasn't just a setup, right? It, it, it was a story about addiction and it was a story about her addiction. The fact that anyone went into this movie thinking it's going to be David, who's going to be the hero of this movie lets you know that you weren't paying attention. Right. You know, uh, because I thought that when I first saw it, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, okay, well, David's the Ash character. They called him David, but he's Ash, and he's not in any way. Um, he sucks a hell of a lot more than Ash does in really in, in the original movie because Ash is not a great. Ash should not be the hero. It is <laughs> it is Scott. If you watch that movie, Scott's the hero, right? The Eric character. Yeah. Right. In many ways, those two characters are, I think, the best analogs in the movie. But um, he's kind of forced into being a final girl and he plays it like a final girl um and, and they've spoken about this constantly that like horror movies had final girls so what would be scarier than to see the man who's supposed to be this like you know macho you know uh oh yeah i'm gonna take care of this behaving like a final girl like that's right. like what's scarier than that you know um and so i get that but you know fuck i mean it was it was mia it was mia it was always mia yeah, yeah, it was. It always had to be Mia. She was just, and just the 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 idea of like you said of this movie being about addiction, and I I like you have never you know been an addict, but I've had those moments where it's where I've been like, but I've had those moments in my life where I've been like, you know what, I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've you know I worked at a bar for years, and it's like I'm drinking too much. And I can stop, so I need to. Like right. I need to. I need to take advantage of that. The idea of being an addict and that the the inability to stop being a part of you is 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 also very frightening. But just in such a per- picturesque fashion, to see Mia get to quite literally murder that part mm-hmm. of herself is again like you said such an excellent commitment powerful to the story yeah it is mm-hmm. it's powerful because 
it when because when you when you look at the definition of abomination or what an abomination is, you know, it's just it's just something that's incomprehensible. And so even to people I've known who are addicts and have gotten clean, they always say that same thing. It's like that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. That was a part of me that I am separate from and I live every day trying to never have to revisit that part of me. And so for the abomination to actually be her and for her to get to end it right there and then watch the ground swallow it back up. God, it was a beautiful scene. Just it was it was so, so good. And she was an actress who 100 percent pulled that off and like i said it was just amazing to me that she was so believable in every one of these types yeah so um you know we we've we've hinted all around it and we've referenced them we've referenced all of them so in our section we're calling blood soaked nirvana we got to talk about the violence man oh yeah um you know the when i when i when i sent you my holy shit balls text your response was i still can't believe that movie got an r rating <laughs> because this thing is gory yeah. And but it's gritty gory. It's not, you know, it's not dead alive splatter splatter gore. Right. It's it's gritty gory. And so I mean when we you just look at everything here like let's all right, yeah, let's get to the part that we're always looking for as the horror fans, right? The blood, the kills, the gore. I mean, what stands out, man? What'd you love? Dude, I can't think of very many movies that even come close to the amount of gore that we have in this movie, to the violence that we have in this movie. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that there is so little CG in this movie that everything was practical special effects. Um, That makes a difference. That makes a huge difference. It's part of what makes this movie feel timeless. Um, Because I think that bad practical special effects hold up better and i'm not i'm not saying that they hold up but that they hold up better than bad cg effects yes if you go Looking back at you first couple harry potter movies yeah that's actually <laughs> the example i was going to use if you look at those first two harry potter movies fuck they're unwatchable you can't you can't watch it like it, it's it's uh it's grating on the eyes yeah it's terrible Right. It's like looking at me for an hour and 15 minutes while I talk about this shit. (laughs) But we love you anyway. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, But if you look at some of these like really low budget horror or action movies, like I fucking love canon movies. Right. Canon films from the 80s. Like like all those those uh, those Charles Bronson and. uh, and Chuck Norris movies from the 80s, right? They were all made by Canon Films, and they're fucking atrocious, but they're so much fun. And you love the fact that you can see the string, and you can bring you back to the original uh, 1981 Evil Dead. Yeah. You, know? you can see the hose that's pumping the shit out of them. You can see this, and you don't care, because it's fun. And that's what practical special effects does for you. It makes it real in a way, right, uh, or more real um, than than CG does. Uh, and CG is its own thing. It's, it's artistic, right? It's definitely an art. It is special effects, but it doesn't hit the same way. Right. And um, this does. And, and so when you see someone's tongue get split, that's like, fuck, how they do that? You know? <laughs> to me, the, the effect that is 
most impressive is the the arm removal because oh. um and i know how they did that because they have it in the special features they're really proud of that effect and they really should be because it's all one shot it never cuts away yeah you see her hand moving around and the camera pans over to the side and it shows you the the carving knife and she picks it up and she just goes to town on her arm and it never cuts away you that's usually where you see the cutaway when the thing's about to come down here it cuts away and then it's a close-up shot where it's like the prosthetic and then it gets cut and it's like okay great i i know how they did it now right, right. i know you didn't amputate someone for this but you're fucking wondering like how the fuck did this woman survive this? Yeah. Right. Like she's an actress. She didn't sign up to be fucking like murdered here. Right. This isn't a snuff film or is it? <laughs> or is it? Yeah. When it, when it, whenever, <laughs> whenever there's that moment in a special effect, you're like, did they cut this broad's arm off? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when you go, okay. What's yeah, your this, level this of commitment gonna, to this role? Yeah. This one's going to stick with me as the, the audition room. Okay. You're doing great. Um, how committed are you to leaving this with two arms? That's 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 really the only question we need answered as to whether or not you're going to get this role. Does your commitment to living outweigh <laughs> your commitment to the role? Are you a true artist? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's it's insane. And, and how they did it is is awesome. I'm sure that you can find it on 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 YouTube. I don't want to ruin how they did it because it's it's a really brilliant special effect. And um, uh, but but it is awesome that someone thought you know what let's do this for real let's do this on screen let's see her arm moving around and chop that same arm off yeah it's brilliant the way that it's done oh dude and then the follow-up when you see it and it's just connected by like the <laughs> one last tendon and you just watch it slowly stretch and snap yeah just ooh. Uh, we got uh, Greg chiming in here saying bad 80s special effects were horrifying and nightmare inducing yeah, for kids. Dude, bad, <laughs> bad 80s special effects were the type of stuff that made you crawl into bed with your parents at night. Yeah. And, 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 and it was, and even if they were, even if they were things that were considered good at the time, looking back on me, like, Ooh, right. But yeah, those Terminator, especially- perfect example. That first Terminator movie. Um, I mean, back, back when it was done, it was incredible and, you know, cutting edge. But when you see the close-ups of, of his face, you know, and you see all the little gears moving in there, like, eh, okay. You can tell that it's, it, it's a cast of Schwarzenegger's right. face. But it's still scary, dude. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, so when when I'm look, man, when it comes the the gore, I when we're talking about subverting expectations, I love the fact that after we get the ridiculously gruesome scene of her removing her own hand in mm-hmm. just the most brutal way possible, I love that we don't get chainsaw hand, but we do get sticking the stump in the handle of the chainsaw. Yeah. To, to stabilize it before she goes in for what was an incredible kill in sticking that chainsaw straight into the head of the abomination and you get the blood everywhere. I mean, that was something straight out of gears of war. When you, when you get close enough to actually hit yeah. somebody with the Lancer, mm-hmm. like that was somebody, somebody watched gears of war and was like, I can do that. Do that. Yeah, I can, do I, I can make that happen <laughs> to a real person. Yeah, um, it, that that was wild as hell. I loved how even 
I loved how this movie did things like that and you could and you could enjoy it and you could cheer for that and that's brutal and gruesome but then it did things that like the tongue split or like the machete across the top of the leg the nails things that you could actually kind of almost feel imagine yeah yeah like you could everybody We've all fucked up our knee at some point so it, just imagine what it's like to have a machete slice your knee open exactly Every, everybody's licked an envelope just the wrong way and caught just a nick on their tongue of that paper yeah. cut and then you're thinking i've also used a box cutter before and damn right like so and and you know if the the nails just little stuff like that that they did they gave such a good balance of gore that you could cheer for and just enjoy watching and gore that hurt your core and that was that was a that was a really great balance that they that they gave us in this movie. <laughs> Greg says a dull machete made it worse. <laughs> yeah, that thing that thing was rusty and had been sitting in that cabin for we don't know how long. And uh, so, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and so, I just so much of that stuff. But man, the one that got me, the one that made me cringe the absolute most was greg stopping that tire iron and then his split hand man yeah <sighs> had this talk on here before dude i chainsaw to the face yeah i'm like cool that's great um and then uh but like when i see broken bones just stuff like that that's what gets me man and you you see him take the hit <laughs> to the hand and then you just you see it splayed open with the fingers just kind of bent at an unnatural angle in each direction. It was that one. That one hurt. That me. was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my buddy Jeff here <laughs> chiming in. Dan out here talking about envelope paper cuts like anyone under 30 has ever used the mail. Touche. <laughs> Your two hosts, however, not under 30. So no. Yeah. Um, and support the uh, the post office. It's always like on the brink <laughs> of of disaster. Um, you know, buy, buy some stamps, buy stamps. Yeah. Send them to a prisoner. I think they're, I think now that cigarettes aren't there anymore, I think stamps <laughs> are the new currency <laughs> in prison. Uh, Greg agreeing with me that the tire iron, uh, there. So just yeah. so many good effects that really, this is a movie that I think is going to stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. I think this is one that people are going to, I think that, uh, with evil dead rise getting so, such great reviews and such good ratings. I mean, it's killing it over at Rotten Tomatoes right yeah. now. And there it's are going to be nineties. Yeah. How the fuck does that happen? The, so there are going to be plenty of 16, 17 year olds who are going to go see that movie for a date. And hopefully it's going to spark something in them. And they're going to, well, where, where did this come from? And even, and they're going to go back 10 years and, and they're going to see this. And this movie is still going to feel like it could have got released. This could be the one that's in theaters right now. And, and it's because of the fact that we just, we could do this show for a thousand episodes and we're always going to go back to, if you put the money from your budget into practical effects, you're going to make a movie that stands the test of time. And, and you couple that with just creative and fun kills. I mean, to, to use the shotgun, to blow off her other arm, right? So now you're approaching that, you know, because bodily dismemberment was one of the ways that you could yeah. dispatch of them. And so, um, uh, who, who, to to use that as the as the way to completely 
this, you know, just take her arm off. That's fun. That's one where you cheer and you're like, hell yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And, but to see somebody get attacked with a hypodermic needle and just watch it. That's just- new. And that's, that's one of the things that this movie did really, really well. Um, and, and before I keep going there, uh, Greg, uh, in again, saying rise was very good, but wasn't quite this one. Um, I, I'm not mad about that, by the way, because um, if that's my assessment too, like this movie ranks very high for me on on list of of, of horror movies for me. Um, but uh, there's like unique ways for people to die here. Like, yeah, you know, people have gotten limbs cut cut off before. You're that's pretty standard uh, horror movie fare. And particularly by uh, electric cutting devices, that's, you know, not new to the evil dead. (laughs) Right. Um, But broken glass to the face, totally removing your jaw. Oh, Oh, I forgot about that. Man, Mm. that is. And and the thing is that, like, you know, it's going to happen. They're setting it up so perfectly. She sees herself and you see that, you know, her, her entire cheek is removed. And the smash and cut to the book of the, the, the thing yeah. holding its own face. Perfect. It's fantastic. You know what's going to happen. But what you don't expect is the sound of cutting into the flesh, <gasps> right? That. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. With just that perfect camera angle where it's sitting yes. right here and you know what she's doing and you're simultaneously hoping you see it and praying they don't show it to you. All at the same time. Yeah, just in that one moment, I was like, oh, I can't wait. Mm, don't want to see. Oh, God. <laughs> How far are they going to take this? They took it all the way. All the they way. They took it all you the know, way. And, and then they follow that up, which that is fairly unique i think in horror movies you know facial uh shit you know happens all the time but that specific thing you i mean it's 2013 we've had fucking 100 years of horror movies i haven't seen that before i've seen a lot of horror movies and then we get the fucking hypodermic needle right in the fucking eye it goes into his eye yeah right i mean it goes in through the lid but fuck like what the Fuck and then and, just, and then that close up, that extreme extreme oh, close up, watching him pull it out, that might have hurt worse because, yeah. like, when he actually got stabbed, it was so frantic that you 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 just weren't a hundred percent sure that was going on. But they removed all doubt when you watch him just slide that hole, and it's so close. I can only imagine that if you saw this on the big screen, that that needle was like 40 feet long, right? Yeah. Like, because on my TV, it was huge and my TV ate that big. Right. And just, but it just, it took up the whole fucking screen as he pulled it out. Just the stuff like that, that was just so incredible. I, I was just, I was blown away by so much of it. Yeah. Um, it, it was quite an experience to watch in 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 movie theaters if they ever re-release this i would say you know run to go see it because it's uh it'll be some sort of limited engagement where it's there for like a day maybe a weekend uh and any time you get a chance to watch an evil dead movie and well and we've got We've got a we've got a drive-in theater, um, just like an oh, hour cool. from here. And I keep I've been checking every weekend. And I'm like, maybe, just maybe, they're gonna show the 2013 
um, Evil Dead and then and then show Rise or you know mm-hmm. just like because they they whenever you buy a ticket they always double feature it you know because mm-hmm. it's a drive through a drive in and um so that's the one I keep hoping for is I'm like maybe I'll just get these back to back and that would be how I get to see Rise and I'm still hoping yeah yeah and I mean that's kind of I mean drive in and horror go hand in hand you where know. Grindhouse comes from exactly exactly um so we have one more section before we get into ranking uh rating the movie we're not ranking the evil dead movies i don't want to do that Mm-mm. um it's, it's like choosing be you know which is your favorite child um uh no no that's right yeah yeah i i love these movies that much <laughs> um i thought you got lost in thought there like you were actually ranking like well, I mean, yeah i was like well you know is it just because he's new or <laughs> But but I lost more sleep over this one. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, in a section that we're calling calling Deadites Galore, um, and you, you really you have to see the way it's written out to to kind of understand what I'm trying to do here. Um, we have lots of Deadites here. We have an abomination here that is kind of sort of reminiscent to the Kandarian demon from evil dead two, but done mm-hmm. very differently. Um, and, and, and so are the Deadites. They are, but are not the Deadites from the original trilogy from Ash versus the evil dead, uh, which by the way is on sale now in like all these different streaming services, uh, uh, like voodoo and iTunes and stuff like that. If you've never seen it before, I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now. Pick it up for $5 a season. Like it's worth it. You know, put that money uh, right where it belongs, which is in the creator's pockets. uh, And, and don't just like steal it, you know, cause, um, cause it's worth it. Right. Um, Anyway, what's your take on these deadites? Because they're, they're new, but they're, old it's it's unique but it's familiar what, what what's your thought so in the original evil dead i referred to the deadites as becoming funhouse mirror versions of the people that they possess right they they became them but not them just like a weird twisted version of them mm-hmm. i think that the deadites we got here are more reminiscent of an exorcist style possession Um, And not just because they, you know, riled people up by telling them the horrible things that were happening to their loved ones in hell. But yeah, (laughs) but this was this was an example of these Kandarian demons that took you over and and then you just became a meat puppet, Mm -hmm. but they could access enough of you to more thoroughly fuck with the people in your life and that man that the singing of the lullaby the singing of the lullaby yes the the just the the crying when she's like my legs hurt how did i get down here why are you trapping me here the very first one with the girl's like i just want to go home with you and mom and he's like mom's dead you killed her and she's like i'll rip your fucking soul out oh my god what just happened yeah like that that transition between the two was was very reminiscent of what Pazuzu was able yep. to do mm-hmm. um, in the original Exorcist, and it was, and this was no longer, this was no longer just just toying with the person that they were possessed. This was using the person that they possessed to toy with the people in their lives, 
And that was wild. That was so crazy. I loved the way they did that. Like the debt, you know, for, for everything positive and negative that people can say about the original Evil Dead is you you do leave and finish those movies while there are scary moments. You do leave them remembering the moments that that kind of made you giggle a little mm-hmm. bit more. That's what the legacy of Evil Dead had become. And that's fine because that's what they wanted to do once they reached that point. When I think back on this one and what I've thought about all day is how fucking horrifying it would be if a loved one were to become one of these deadites. Not that it would be great if they became one of the original deadites, but it would be less than (laughs) these deadites. These deadites are, they are aggressive beyond measure they they are psychologically terrifying they are physically very strong they are it just they they don't feel pain it's all of these things that make a good movie monster or separately those those things all make good movie monsters mm-hmm. uh, one of those things makes a good movie monster and to lump them all in to to this one type of creature was scary and and it was painful and it was it was not just startling it was chilling to see the way that the deadites played out in in this particular version and then to see the abomination which is uh, essentially just the personification of the evil that allows these deadites to exist and now you're, like I said, now you're lumping in crazy strength with it because it's busting through windows and flipping jeeps yeah. and shit like that. So you just throw something else in there with it. This version of the Deadites was, man, it's hard to wrap your head around these. The the This is the type of movie monster where you go, man, these people have issues. <laughs> you know, yeah. like this is, this is the type of thing where you think, it's like, the the Fede Alvarez like needs to see somebody, but like, but nobody is gonna <laughs> fix him. Just just have an outlet before some of these things manifest in other ways than making good movies. Like, I just want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> I just want to make sure that it's all getting left out on the field here, man. I don't need you bringing any of this. <laughs> um, man, you know, I I kind of feel the same way. Where like I I think that these deadites are are fantastic. And had I never known that there was a different kind of deadite to me, this would be a deadite. Yeah. Because uh, they are different, but they are deadites to, to me. Uh, they are equal to the deadites that we see in the original three movies to the deadites that we see in Ash versus the evil dead, but the humor is gone. And, and in a way that makes them scarier, um, in some ways it doesn't i think that the that sort of playfulness kind of makes them uh seem a little bit more unhinged right um so there there is a little bit of that there but they don't play it up that way um you know they they really just are adversarial in 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 those original movies whereas here like they are everything like it is this is what you have to overcome 
and and it's not a funny thing you have to overcome at all. There's no joke right. here. Um, I do love that one of the things that like was it was a prerequisite for the deadite to finally take hold of you was uh self-harm self-mutilation yeah um you know we we get that in every single case right um mia has hurt herself with drugs and that's how they've come in right uh you know she allowed them in by doing that um and it's it's kind of perverse that we still get that rape scene uh, you know, the the yeah. forest rape scene, uh, because I wonder if there's a little bit of that, like she was asking for it thing going on right. here, um, which I don't think is the message they're trying to send here. But I'm trying to think of this from all angles. Right. <clears throat> um, but we certainly get that from from everyone else here. The really interesting thing is that like the level of mutilation directly correlates to like how quickly you get taken over by this demon because Eric who just pricks his finger, like <clears throat> it takes the entire movie before yeah. he's taken over. But for um, shit, what was the girlfriend's name? Uh, Olivia. <clears throat> oh, Olivia. Yeah. For Olivia, like she completely disfigures herself. Yeah. And it's right away, you know, Natalie chops her fucking arm off. And what I love about that, is that Mia's sitting there telling her, like, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, right? making making her think that that's the cure. Making, right. She's like, oh, you're telling me not to do it? This means that is what I have to do. And she's, like, fucking reverse psychology the shit out of this. Yeah. You know, but I, I love that, de that demented, twisted laugh once the arm finally comes off because she's like, I've won. Yeah. You're going to get it now. And and it's uh, it's fantastic. You know, the only person who doesn't hurt themselves throughout the movie is david um but it's well, you know, also to his own detriment because he dies at the end <laughs> you know but that's also that's his character he's selfish self-preservation over over all else right he cares more for himself than for anyone or anything else so i i, I kind of love that we never saw him like we never get the satisfaction of seeing him become a deadite right he sucks you know <laughs> so um <laughs> I'm, you know I'm overly you critical of David. You in our club. <laughs> <laughs> you get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? You know, go, go, uh, you know, go think about your fellow man first. Yeah, and exactly. Then, and then we'll discuss this. Why don't you run off to medical school again, you nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, um, I, I really like this version of the dead. I, I love that because they had money to do so. Uh, and it's not like this had a gigantic budget either, but because they had more money to do it with, like these deadites actually looked like the person that they had possessed. Um, like any change to their body was entirely because of whatever damage their body took. Right. It wasn't because the possession turned them into a different thing, which we saw a lot in the original evil dead uh we saw it in the evil dead 2 where uh like ash's face distorts and it turns into something else and like that's cool i love that look the evil ash look is fantastic yeah but what's the what's the purpose for it what's the meaning behind that like it's never really explained and it doesn't need to be explained it's not that kind of movie but i'm all i'm using that as as a way to say I really like that the only change we get is in the eyes that, yeah. uh, you know, very similar to the exorcist to go back to your point. You know, the only change we get in the exorcist in, in Reagan is in the eyes 
and and in her behavior, the way that she speaks, um, everything else that happens to her body is entirely because the body's taken damage, like the holy water that, yeah, you know, that rips her skin, wraps and all that. Yeah, you know, uh, all, and, and it all makes sense why she turns into this monster looking thing and and it does for everyone here as well and that i again i've I've said it before but i love the fact that the abomination was mia i love the fact that uh the abomination was like once you see it the whole movie you're like oh well the abomination is what fucking raped her in the first place you know so like yeah you know she's been the one causing her own hell since the beginning of the movie like it ties into the themes that they're going for here i mean to to me it's i mean i have no negative thing to say about about the deadites right and i think that anyone who does is is nitpicking all right and and if you nitpick like you're a fucking nerd all right (laughs) go back to medical school with david and um you know i'm not saying stop stop listening to the show we want the download uh, yeah, you know, and also come on here and argue with us because I'd love to argue with you and tell you why you're wrong. We'll do that too. <laughs> so, I mean, it's about that time, right? I mean, we we've discussed all that there is to discuss about it, so it's time that we toss a rating on this thing. Yeah. So, just a quick reminder for everybody: we do not rate a movie against other movies. So, even though we have drawn comparisons to previous Evil Dead's and the Evil Dead franchise, we are not rating this. It, our rating for this movie has nothing to do with how we rated the original Evil Dead. We are just looking at Evil Dead 2013, and in order to pull that off, for every movie, we create a unique rating system. And for this one, there was only one choice, but it was the most metal choice, the yeah. most Slayer-approved choice <laughs> that we could find. And so out of a possible five Blood Monsoons, what do you give Evil Dead from 2013, Dave? You know, um, as I'm, I'm going to vamp a little bit because I'm still not, not sure uh, how much this one little thing should get docked. Um, and for me, it's rewatchability. It's the only thing that I think this movie doesn't have that every other Evil Dead movie does have. And I think because this movie takes itself so, so seriously um, and because it is so dark, it's difficult to rewatch. And and I think that it's been out long enough for me to say that I have rewatched this movie three times. Right. And in 10 years, you know, so rewatched, I've seen it four times total. I saw it once in theaters. I saw it uh, when it came out um, on on Blu-ray. Um, I saw it again a couple of years ago when I did a binge of, of all the, the Evil Dead. And uh, and then I saw it again uh, this week. That's not an awful lot for. A, and, and I realize that that's probably more <laughs> than right, what most people most, yeah. um, rewatch things, but uh, but I am I'm a horror nerd, and and um, in the last let's say four years, I've rewatched Evil Dead two twice as many times. <laughs> so like that's that's the only thing that I think this movie doesn't have is rewatchability. Everything else about it, I mean it's it's absolutely perfect in every way except that I don't feel like I want to watch it again because it's so dark, because it's so heavy. I feel like that that is the one kind of thing that I'm going to peg it on um and and maybe that changes, you know, maybe I do rewatch it again soon. But as of right now, you ask me, hey, let's do an Evil Dead marathon. 
it's probably going to end at Army of Darkness. And it's not because those movies are better, but I think they're more enjoyable. Right. Um, you know, this this is a special effects extravaganza. So I've, I've been talking all this long to decide whether that deserves a whole half a blood monsoon off. And I don't think it does. <laughs> really what it deserves is like a quarter blood monsoon, but we don't do quarters here. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and give it five. All right. So um, Greg disagreeing with you here. He says this one is rewatchable and Greg, I'm right with you, man. Okay. Um, one of, one of the, you know, we, we we love a lot of the same stuff, but when we get down to that nitpicky idea of what's rewatchable, mm-hmm. that you know, or just or what we what we what we rank a little bit ahead of the other stuff, that's always where we kind of where we kind of differentiate because stylistically, this one was made much more for me than the than eighty one. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I'm going to rewatch. If if I if somebody were to tell me that they've that they've never seen Evil Dead at all, I'd be you know I'd be like, yes, we're dead. You we we we'll watch them all, and we're going to go through. But then what, then when we got to that when we got to this one, I'd be like, all right, now here we go. We're we're starting over. This is something brand new. But I would I will be excited to watch this one again with that person mm-hmm. because this. I really do love the dark gritty aspect of this. I like the idea that it feels like a cleanly shot grindhouse film. Like you said at the top, that Mm -hmm. appeals to so much of me. I love a good comedy horror exploitation drive-in horror movie. I do love all of those, but this type of movie, the one that just weighs on you heavy. Those are the ones that I will go back to Mm. this is a movie that i've only seen once so right now i'm going to give it five blood monsoons hands down no questions asked this is one where when if if i revisit this three four years from now and i've seen it a couple more times and i've picked up on even more things that i'm just really liking this is a movie that i see the potential for gold starring in the future because man this one just hit on every freaking cylinder for me this movie didn't miss a shot it took and that's impressive that's when you take something that has the following and the legacy that evil dead has and you create something that bangs on all eight like this movie does for 91 relentless minutes i cannot find a single thing to dock a blood monsoon on for for this and hell i don't even know that i'm gonna make it a month before i watch this again because i've kind of been itching to watch it again all day today i loved this this is this is the this is the first time in a while that i've revisited one that i just straight up missed Mm -hmm. and never got around to seeing um that i'm just like yeah Yes, need more of that. So I am now even more hyped to see Rise. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, I will let you know exactly what we think um, as soon as we see that. Also, by the way, Greg, we appreciate you commenting so much on today's yeah. episode. And Greg has been huge on our Instagram. He's been commenting on everything. We appreciate your follow. We appreciate um, everything you're doing for mm-hmm. us. So in total, I mean, it's it's a unanimous five blood monsoons. For Evil Dead from 2013. And you know what? I'm going to call myself out here. I, th- I I think I'm wrong. 
Okay. I, I because and in fact I know I'm wrong because my favorite entry in the uh in the Night of the Living Dead series is Day of the Dead, which is the darkest of them all. Right. And the reason why I like rewatching it, fucking special effects. Yeah. So I think maybe I need to open up my my mind a little bit and accept that this is every bit as rewatchable for different reasons as the original trilogy is. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. See that Greg, we've converted him to team Daniel too. Yeah. It happened. Let it never be said that (laughs) I, I can't be right twice the first time and the time that I correct myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, not only Greg, but we appreciate everybody who's listening, who's watching, uh, who comments on all of our Instagram posts. We've been, we've, again, I said it a couple weeks ago, we're, we're breaking through the noise. People mm-hmm. are starting to recognize us. We're getting, we're getting some good followers. We're getting some good comments on Instagram. So if you like what you're seeing, please make sure to just share us up on your story, get word out there. Um, if you are not following us anywhere and you are listening now for the first time, or maybe you've forgotten, you can head to shiverpod.com or you can find links to all of our social media. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. We are on all of those at shiverpod. If you head over there, you can follow us on all those. Those will always give you the directions on where you can listen, where you can watch give you links to download all of our episodes. We appreciate everybody out there who's doing the damn thing. And like I said, um, there things got kind of weird there for a little bit, but we're back now. Mm-hmm. I, we're, I mean, I think we're doing great. We came, we came out of the gate pretty strong between uh, our first versus episode and this one now. So yeah. keep an eye on all those social media outlets and we'll let you know what we're going to be doing next. We appreciate all the likes and follows. Absolutely. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much.